7 times 70 with Chris August. You're listening to Inspirational Breakfast here on Premier Christian Radio with me, Rosie Wright. Now, Google celebrates its 20th birthday this year. Can you believe it? But when it was first founded, their motto was, don't be evil. What's changed since then? Should we be wary of the tech giant's creeping influence in our lives? Well, I'm joined this morning by Chris Goswami, Director of Communications for a US tech company, Associate Minister at Lim Baptist Church, and also the author of The Gospel According to Google, which is in the latest edition of Christianity Magazine. Chris, morning to you. Good morning. It's great to be here, Rosie. Uh, what was the last thing you Googled? The uh, last thing I Googled was uh, how many what banks are closest to me, and I'll talk about that in a minute. So how often do you find yourself reaching for the search? engine i think um the, the the point is here that we we actually reach for google much more than we think we tend to think google's a search engine and i'll use it like a, a neutral compass to navigate the internet but it's not neutral and we're using it much more than we think so for example if we start with the with just the search engine um something like almost 90 percent of searches today are carried out using google in fact somebody's worked out that in the time you take to blink 40,000 requests go into Google. But that's just the search engine. Google also, also own Android, which is the operating system that powers four out of five smartphones in our pockets. Google also owns YouTube, which is the number one video platform in the world. In fact, I, I read earlier this year that the uh, number one activity for teenagers at, right now is YouTubing. Mm -hmm. Google also does Gmail, Google Docs, Google Maps. So the main thing for me is Google Maps. Their influence is huge. Yeah. They're, all, they're in, your, in, uh, in your pocket, on your laptop, in your house, down your street. So their influence is, is really uh, extensive. So what's actually problematic? Because for me, I've got this kind of access to all this information that I wouldn't have had before. I don't need to carry around an A to Z with me. I can quickly contact my friends. You know, what's yeah. the problem? So, so all those things are good. And uh, we need to say, you know, we need technology in our churches, in our homes, in our personal lives. It's the tool we use today. Uh, we, need to, we need to be able to hold conversations on WhatsApp and be interviewed by Skype. All that still applies and we need to do that. The, the, the problem is, I think, that what we need to recognise is the information we access is not neutral. It's almost never neutral. Let's say Google search, right? You type something into Google search. So Google have been fined a couple of years ago for ranking search results uh, in, a, in a biased order and preferring their own websites, their own companion websites, over others. That's a kind of obvious... Most people know that. What a lot of people wouldn't know is what's called the search suggestion effect. And uh, there was a psychologist conference in May this year where uh, a US psychologist, Robert Epstein, reported on the search suggestion effect. That's where I said earlier, I googled what banks are closest to me. And when you start typing into Google, Google predicts what you're going to type, it also completes. Mm -hmm. So when I typed what banks, it said, work with Google Pay. Okay. Now, I wasn't looking for Google Pay. I may never have heard of Google Pay, uh, but suddenly Google Pay is in my head as something which might be similar to banks. It might be better than a bank. And here's a link. Epstein in his paper actually talks about a more insidious uh, uh, version of that, where he reports on the 2016 presidential elections in the US. If at that time uh, tests were done, and, uh, and according to these results, if you typed Hillary Clinton is into Google 
you got the word winning. Or it also completed it, predicted winning. Hillary Clinton winning. You might sound a little bit like Donald Trump because well, didn't say, didn't Donald Trump say search engines are against him? And so, that was largely uh, people said, no, actually, you've got no evidence to prove that. Actually, but what he was right in saying is search engines have a bias because at the same time, if you typed Hillary Clinton is into Bing or Yahoo, you got a criminal and a liar. Now they can't both be right. They can't both be neutral. Mm. So what do we do? Not use any of these? Well, I mean, we, we have to use technology. Uh, you know, and technology's there. There's a lot of there's a lot of good. I think um, w w one thing that we are is becoming more prevalent is voice assistants. So, OK Google, uh, Hey Siri, um, Amazon Echo. I think you're offering an Amazon Echo today, actually, on your we show. Are, yeah. And again, it sounds great, doesn't it? It's technology. It's for the home. It's useful. We can use it. But again, let's just think about that for a second, okay? It you... ruin my competition, Chris. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. It, it's I've got an Amazon Echo as well. But uh, if you ask a voice assistant a question, it's it's the same as asking the search engine, but you only get one answer. Who determines what that one answer is? So the BBC did some tests in the last year, of what questions are children asking voice assistants? And what answers are they getting? Well, the questions that they're tending to ask, and, and if you put a three- or a four-year-old in a room with somebody that talks to them, they're probably going to talk to it, right? Mm -hmm. The questions they were asking were things like, who are you? Have you got a phone inside you? But they reckon it's not long before children start asking more meaningful questions. Who am I? What's life about? What am I worth? Is God real? And the one answer that comes back, who determines what that one answer is? It's almost certainly not a church-going Christian mm. who listens to this show. Well, what is, uh, it was interesting that you've reported that Google's original slogan when they set mm. up was, don't be evil. Yeah. Have they stayed true to their original aim? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, they are not evil. There's no, uh, the only agenda that Google have, and there is an agenda, but it's, it's the way the internet works. Their agenda is to keep people using their services so that they can show them ads. So that's why when you watch a video on YouTube, the next one lines up and plays to keep you there. That's the agenda. So there, that don't be evil phrase, it was, uh, it was 20 years ago, it was dot-com dot bubble, it was a, a startup, and it, it was well-intentioned. What they, what they meant was we want to offer people the best products and services without exploiting them. Today, of course, um, you know, they've changed their line not from don't be evil to we organise the world's information. And uh, as we were saying earlier, I think that isn't an exaggeration. They are literally setting out to organise the world's information. So, no, I think, I think, you know, they employ talented staff. They constantly push the boundaries of innovation. They constantly ask the question, why not? Why can't we do that? Uh, and they're a great employer from, you know, all, all, by all accounts. So what's next for them? We've got self-driving cars, etc. You know, what's next on the agenda? Well, um... I think probably the, the most interesting answer to that would be their, uh, they set up a biotech research group uh, two or three years ago. It's called Calico Labs, or you could Google it, um, California Life Company. And the, and the, the um, CEO said something to the effect of, when we're looking at biotech research, we want to invest want to invest in health care and want to invest in, disease, in, in curing diseases. We want to invest in something for the good of humanity. What could that be? And he came up with this quote, which was something like, if we solve the problem of cancer, we would at most uh, increase people's life expectancy by an average of two or three years. Why don't we just go straight to the heart of the problem and solve the problem of death? Mm 
So yes, you did hear that right. You did say, let's solve the problem of death. What does that mean? And, and, and it is interesting, and you sometimes wonder, you know, is this innovation or is this just wacky? And what they're looking at is ageing and the process of ageing. How could we slow ageing down? Uh, that's where they're investing their their dollars after the whole sort of um, self-driving cars and all that and all that. So, so will that result in anything? I, I don't know. Probably Google are a very innovative company, very talented people. They probably will come up with something. Uh, will they solve the problem of death? Probably not. Will they? Will they somehow it, it do research that's valuable and worthwhile and results in in good for slowing down aging? Quite possibly. Mm. We mentioned a little bit earlier that, you know, we're using Google or Google services all the time. And uh, something you mentioned in your in your article mm. is that maybe this over-reliance on Google might lead to less reliance on something arguably more important, your faith. Mm. Uh, yeah, so what I was getting at there was, and it's a little bit controversial, I'm just, you know, deliberately putting this out there, is do we actually... Um, rely on Google and uh, smartphones powered by Google and maps powered by Google when we're looking so so we, we when we're looking for churches when we're looking for holidays how where where should I live even even partners in life because searches which are not branded Google are often powered by Google so we're, we're relying on Google every day in all these ways probably more than we know so the question i'm asking there is really are we actually is, is has google become the central authority in our lives more so than god so is it the case that we kind of uh, kind of pay respect we kind of nod dutifully at the bible for 10 minutes a day but then actually all our input our real questions are being answered by google is that a challenge you've asked yourself it is a challenge of us, myself, and uh, you know, as a minister, it, it, it's it's a real question: yeah, who do I rely on? And uh, particularly as a minister who works for half the time for a tech company, it's a tough question. Mm. I, I couldn't say it, I couldn't say that I rely on my day-to-day -day decisions and dealings. Who do I rely on? That that's a tough question. And so, who do you? <laughs> You're pushing this. It, I guess it would depend on whether we what we think of as the most important questions. Uh, and what we think of as the quantity of questions. Certainly quantity-wise, we, we and I rely on Google, actually, for, for the most part, don't mm. we? You know, mm. we're, we're asking questions. Um, are they the most important questions? I don't know. <laughs> Still refusing to answer the question. Still refusing to answer the question. That's fine, I'm not going to ask Some you Some of my again. congregation might be listening. <laughs> That's fine.